0: You're listening to a podcast from Reality Honolulu. For more information or ways to get involved in the life of the church, visit realityhonolulu.com. Thanks for listening. Well, if you've been with us, you know that we, for many months now, have been in the Sermon on the Mount. The Sermon on the Mount... Can be found in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And we've been studying that verse by verse. We are not done yet. We're going to be continuing on with that up till Easter, um, digging into the words of Jesus and allowing it to form us. But we are going to be doing something different today. Um, we're going to be stepping away from the Sermon on the Mount for a week. And what we're going to do is try to attempt to be mindful of the church calendar or the liturgical calendar that much of the world celebrates. Uh, depending on your upbringing, you know what I'm talking about. If not, you have no idea what you're talk- I'm talking about. But we're hoping to just talk about it today and allow um, God to use it so that we could draw near to him. So this is what the church calendar is, right? What many different Christian denominations and the Catholic church Uh, follows worldwide for millennia, right, 2,000 years. Many Christian denominations in the Catholic Church has used what is called the church calendar, liturgical calendar, as a guide specifically to remember and recall the important events of our faith. The desire or the goal of it is to especially remind the followers of Jesus specifically to remember the events surrounding the life, death and resurrection of Jesus alongside a few other important ones throughout the year. But this calendar is designed to prompt the followers of Christ, to respond and commune with God in a more intentional, deep, and meaningful way throughout the calendar year, uh, to intentionally remember what's most important to Christians, which is Jesus. Um, And so I have a picture. If you search, there's many different pictures you could um, have here, but here's a picture of uh, a simplified church calendar and just for a second, I just want to look you to look at the top arc, starting with Advent, and then Christmas, and Epiphany, and then Lent, Easter, that part of the calendar, uh, December, January, February, March, where we are now. And each year, if you didn't know, uh, each year so far, we've actually celebrated Advent. We did this on the the four Sundays leading up till Christmas, which was, and the reason why we did so, was to come alongside the majority of worldwide Christians to celebrate, to remember, Uh, the birth of our Savior into the world. And so if you remember, we did that the month of December, four Sundays leading up to Christmas. Uh, We actually do in some ways already celebrate the church calendar. But going forward as a church, as it presents itself, we do want to just be more mindful of the important things um, that are going on in this calendar and spend a Sunday from time to time teaching on it and participate in these things more often. A big one coming up is Easter, obviously, Um, but uh, the reason primarily we're doing this, or a couple reasons why I think this is uh, a neat opportunity and important that we would do this on a Sunday, is that my desire for our church is that we would not lose sight of the broader body of believers that we're a part of. This is really easy to do when you're just a part of a local expression, and then our local expression is kind of a certain, like we would call ourselves non-denominational Bible-believing, but, you know, there might be other churches like us, or there's certain churches like right in Hawaii that are similar. What this does is it reminds us of worldwide Christianity. Christianity. And there's differences, obviously, of of denominations and beliefs and how that's played out, of course, but I think it is so healthy to be reminded that, yes, we are one small expression of a larger body of believers in different countries and different nationalities and different denominations, and um, it it allows us to be reminded of this broader family, uh, worldwide family of Christians, but also why I think it can be important to, to kind of um, be reminded of the, uh, the church calendar is that it allows us to be intentional throughout the craziness of the year. I don't know about you, but like weeks are busy and days are busy and the world is crazy and all of a sudden, like if you're not careful, it's like you'll just be totally, like Easter will be tomorrow and you're like, I didn't, I didn't even realize it was Easter next week. We missed out on all these purposeful opportunities to allow our heart to receive from the Lord and to be mindful of the things of God. And so, um, if anything, it it, it allows us to pause and remember what God has done for us. And so, considering this, uh, you may or may not know that this coming Wednesday, March 2nd, is what is referred to as Ash Wednesday. Um, Again, depending on your upbringing or your domination, um, you may or may not have celebrated this. But this coming Wednesday, March 2nd, is what is referred to as Ash Wednesday, which marks the start of a 40-day period leading up uh, to Easter Sunday, which is called Lent or the season of Lent. Um, so today, what we're going to be doing is speaking about and looking at what this season of Lent is, how and why the church traditionally has celebrated it, and how we might, here at Reality, use this season as an opportunity to commune with God in a more intentional, deep, meaningful approach as we approach Easter. Sound good? Different? But I think really, really important. And um, obviously, as we approach Easter, we have to be reminded that Easter— is um, a part of the church calendar as well, liturgical calendar. But it also does celebrate the most important and defining event of our faith, which is the death and the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. And so today we're going to be looking at Lent and um, what does it mean, what has the church done, and how can we dig into it as well. And so here we go. Depending on your upbringing, right, your previous church history, uh, we all probably have different understandings or experiences, um, maybe a lot, maybe none. Uh, but those of us that don't have any understanding, um, like myself, I never grew up even thinking about Lent, practicing Lent. I didn't even know what it was and so, um, until, until the last few years. And so if you're like me, you probably have wondered what people are talking about when they say they're giving up something for Lent. Maybe not. Maybe you know this well. But for me growing up, again, I never knew this, and there's no judgment here at all. I just want us to to, to dig into this and allow um, God to use it. And so here it is. What is Lent? Lent is the 40 days or six and a half weeks, not including Sundays, from Ash Wednesday, this Wednesday, leading up till Easter. And what Lent is, it's often described as a time of preparation, or of an opportunity to go deeper with God. This means that it's time for personal reflection, and the intent is that it would prepare people's hearts and minds leading up to Good Friday, the death of Jesus, and Easter Sunday, the resurrection of Jesus. And this season, um, as Christ's followers, the idea would be to focus on repentance, right, in light of the sacrifice of Jesus. And as his disciples, we also participate in his sacrifice through the spiritual practice of fasting and giving alms, um, giving to the poor, which we're going to talk about in a second. But Lent is one of the most important times of year for many Christians around the world, particularly for the like, Anglican, Catholic, and Orthodox traditions. And again, it's held in, in a very similar importance to Advent, the build up of Christmas, but The difference here, right, while Advent is a celebration in time of anticipation, Lent is more frequently seen as a time of solemn observance and preparation for the celebration of the death and resurrection of Jesus at Easter. And for me, just as a personal, being a pastor, you would think, oh my gosh, you're probably really mindful and you spend so much time preparing your hearts for Easter and and for Good Friday, And a lot of times I would say yes, but it's all the details about the Easter celebration that I'm consumed of, and it's not actually about pausing and fasting and spending time communing with God, anticipating and preparing my heart for the meaning of what Good Friday and Easter is. So I'm excited um, to, to be more mindful of that this year as well. But again, this Wednesday is the start of Ash Wednesday, and its conclusion is Easter Sunday And again, Lent has been this traditional time of fasting or giving something up um, in your life. And one commentator would say it this way. Just as we carefully prepare for events in our personal lives, such as a wedding or a birthday, a commencement, Lent invites us to make our minds and hearts ready for remembering Jesus' life, death, and bodily resurrection. I love that. There's this time of like every other big thing in our life. We spend a lot of time preparing for and thinking about and planning. If we're honest, that's true of a lot of things. And so this is the church's moment to say the biggest, most defining part of our faith is coming up as we celebrate Easter. What does it mean? How can I purpose and prepare my heart for what God wants to do in it? And so what are the key days uh, during Lent? We talked about it a little bit, but Ash Wednesday, coming up this Wednesday, is the first day of Lent. And um, you may have noticed in the past, depending on your denomination or your experience, but you may have noticed people with a smudged black cross on their foreheads. Um, those are the ashes, right, from the Ash Wednesday service. What these ashes are supposed to mean, what they're supposed to symbolize is Our grief for the things that we've done wrong and the resulting division of imperfect people from a perfect God. Again, that is so broad and I know every denomination or church might do it differently. But in a nutshell, uh, that's what most people are trying to do and that's what Ash Wednesday is. And then going forward, kind of at the tail end of... This Lent season, as we approach Easter, which we'll talk about during the Passion Week, the, the week leading up to Easter, is what is called Monday Thursday. It's the day before Good Friday, and. It commemorates the night before Jesus died when he shared the Passover meal with his closest friends and followers. This is where communion was instituted, which we celebrate every single Sunday morning. We encourage the church to participate in communion, which happened on Monday, Thursday, this last supper of Christ, right? Everything is really significant. We just sometimes can take it for granted. But again, right after Monday, Thursday, when communion is instituted, the next day is what good friday is right it's the day christians remember jesus's death and why it's good is because it reflects how jesus's death was a sacrifice on behalf of all of us so we can receive god's forgiveness for our wrongs and our sins but then right jesus just didn't die and he stayed in the grave why Easter weekend is so celebratory, even though Good Friday is solemn because it's the death of Christ and it's remembering our sins and our wrongdoings and our rebellion against God. Easter Sunday right, is meant to be a joyous celebration of Jesus rising from the dead to give us all the opportunity of eternal life. Right? While people still die, Jesus made the way for people to have a relationship with God in this life, and to spend eternity with Him in heaven. Like, this is this Lent season we're in. And I believe there's such power in, in, in remembering, starting this Wednesday, this 40 days leading up to the most pivotal, important moment in our faith. All right, so what happens during Lent and Why? At least traditionally, worldwide, for the last 2,000 years, in, in many denominations, what has happened? What have people done to make this meaningful? How have people ordered their life or changed the way their life is in order to be reminded of the death and resurrection of Jesus? Well, there's three main things that traditionally the church focuses on during Lent. Sorry if this is a history lesson or it's like a little bit dry. I don't know if it is, but I think it's really important. I don't mean it to be dry. I move a lot anyway, so maybe. But there's three main things that people, people focus on during Lent. Number one is prayer. Number two is fasting, which in essence is abstaining from something to reduce distractions, to focus more on God. And then also traditionally, it's been what is called giving of alms. It's and essentially charity or donating to the poor so during this lent the church worldwide over the last two millennia when they when they focused on prayer during lent they focused on their need for god's forgiveness right they've really looked at their depravity and of what god through his son would do for them upon the cross and how they how the church has traditionally done it is it's been about repenting, turning away from our sins and receiving God's mercy and love. But it's really thinking about what God has saved us from and how much we've fallen from God, how God's grace, his undeserved gift has sent his son. By his mercy, he forgives us. Instead of just waiting to Good Friday, the season of Lent is meant for us to pause and remember what God has truly saved us from. Also, right, it's fasting. Well, again, that's giving something up is a very, pra- uh, a very common practice during Lent. You might have said, oh, it's time to give up chocolate for Lent. You know, like it, oh, even culturally there's this thing where what are you giving up for Lent and what does that mean for you and what are you doing? Well, that, the idea here is this idea of fasting, right? And, and fasting is the practice of denying ourselves to encounter more of God, or at least that's what it's supposed to be. And right, fasting in its most foundational expression is abstaining from eating food and turning to prayer when we feel like the pains of hunger. When, in the time that we were supposed to eat breakfast or lunch or dinner, in that space and in that time when our body is feeling hunger pains, Traditionally, fasting is when you turn to prayer and, you're, and, you, and, and you learn of the desperation and you remember the desperation of God, you are the one that I fully trust my life into and allows you to have space to pray instead of eating, right? That's traditionally what it is. Um, but during Lent, traditionally, this can be different from food and it can be something else entirely that the church regularly does. Um, It could be something very simple uh, that you cut back from, but again, to allow more time uh, with God or to save money so that you can give it away, give more money away. Like traditionally, it's been, hey, I'm going to abstain from eating out. I'm not going to buy new clothes. I'm not going to, again, I know these are silly examples, but it can be, I think anything that you're taking away from your life and you're replacing time with God in that allows you to save money so that you can give that money away. Again, every church would probably say it differently. They're like, no, it can only be chocolate. No, it can only be alcohol. No, it can only be food. I just think there's some freedom in this. I really do. Because again, we're talking about church history and the church calendar and we aren't directly going, hey, God said... For the 40 days leading to Easter, chocolate it is. Doesn't say that. Doesn't say no Hershey's. Doesn't say that. But the main purpose of the church fasting, specifically in these next 40 days, is that the time of fasting from anything that you choose to fast from can also be replaced with more time connecting with God. Again, whether that be a meal, whether that be something else, the whole desire is that you would replace things in your life for more time with God, reflecting and rep- preparing your heart for Easter. Make sense? Alright, and the last thing, giving alms, giving money. Again, traditionally this would be giving to someone in need during the season uh, is a way to respond to God's grace, generosity, and love. And so you think about it more. You're more mindful of it. You practice it more. I mean, this is the the idea at least. Right? Giving alms or giving money is also this practice that church for two millennia have done during Lent in order not just to focus on self-denial, fasting, right? Inward practice, but also to show love to our neighbors and tangible care for them in outward practice. And We see this a bit in isaiah 58 7 through 8 where it says is in that context is the fast god desires not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Many churches would say, hey, when you're abstaining, when you're fasting from certain things, I've even heard it said that keep track of how much money it is that you are not spending by your fast and give that money to those in need around you. The whole idea there, I don't mean to be overly structured, but it's just to be mindful and prayerful about not only our inward condition, but our outward service to others as we lead up to Easter Sunday. And again, why I love that is just a good reminder to like check ourselves. It's a good reminder to say, What am I? spending my time and talent and treasure on? Is it completely and only myself, or am I mindful of those around us that need to be extended God's grace and love and mercy through the things that God has entrusted me with? All that said, talking about all the things that the church has traditionally done over Lent and how we might also think about it, I want to make sure that I say this that doing these things can never make us earn or deserve Jesus' sacrifice or relationship with God. It's important because this has gotten messy in the past. You have to remember that people are flawed. We are flawed, and we will never be good enough for a perfect God. Praying, fasting, giving our money is not meant to earn God's approval, right? Only Jesus has the power to rescue us from ourselves. Jesus has sacrificed himself on Good Friday to bear the punishment, right, for all of our wrongdoings and offer us forgiveness. And again, he's raised up from the dead on Easter Sunday to give us the opportunity to have a relationship with God for eternity. See, all these things are not supposed to like, oh, you know what? I haven't been doing good all year, so let me, during Lent, do these religious acts so that I can like get back in God's good favor again. That's not how it works, right? It's by grace we've been saved through faith, not of ourselves, so that no one should boast, but it's a gift of God through his son. Again, the reason why doing these spiritual acts or these spiritual practices Spending time during Lent doing these things, praying, fasting, giving, giving up, is so that leading up to Good Friday and Easter Sunday, it can be that much more meaningful for what Christ has done for us. it's supposed to direct our hearts and minds and times and, and, and time to who saved us and what he saved us from, and, and Easter is coming. And God is the one who makes us right with himself, not us, not our our own practices. And so where does that practically leave us? That was like a very condensed 2,000-year-old all-church history lesson. But what does this practically leave us? And here's the question that I want to ask us as a church at Reality Honolulu. How might we all, including myself, be more intentional to commune with God in a deeper and more meaningful way during the next 40 days leading up to Easter? Right? How might we be more intentional to pray more, to give up, to fast, and to spend that time with our God in prayer? In worship, in silence, in solitude, that we might reflect and remember his goodness and his grace. I don't know about you, but I I like need to be intentional or time will never come in my life. I'm not sure. Maybe your life is just really not busy and you're really disciplined and every day you wake up and you're like really mindful of when your time with God's going to be. But if we're all honest. We have so much going on we check our phones right away we got to get ready for the day we have emails we have responsibilities we have bills to pay we have kids we have spouses the day does not just lend you time with god this world does not lend you just time with god and so i want to challenge us as a church to be intentional to even Try to be more intentional these 40 days so that hopefully it can become a better rhythm for us the rest of the year where we practice fasting more often and it's a regular rhythm and we spend more time with God we're more intentional with God to remember who He is. But I want to challenge us and I want to encourage us to not just hear my sermon and then leave this place It happens. It's no judgment. And then not do anything with it. And so maybe that is setting a reminder on your phone, like starting Wednesday, be like, pray during lunch. And then literally you can't have a lunch meeting on Wednesday. I don't know. I'm just saying, like, you got to go in your car if you work or, like, take a walk and spend that time with God. I'm just saying you have to be intentional or else it's not going to come. But I want to encourage and challenge us to give thought and effort to this season of Lent. And maybe it's for the first time. Or maybe it's kind of like in a different way. Because before when you were growing up, like you had to do it because of you went to the church with your parents. And this is the denomination. But you literally had no idea what it was about. Now that you have a more broad understanding of what the, what the church and why the church has celebrated it over the last two millennia. I want to challenge us to adapt it to our own setting, in our own church, in our own life, in your own personal walk with Jesus. I'm challenged and I hope you would be too to be intentional about time with God and remembering all that He's done for us and to make an effort, make an effort to set aside the time, to sacrifice comfort and convenience, to commune with our God, and in turn, that we would be intentional and mindful of how we would give and serve others leading up to the defining moment of our faith, which is Easter Sunday. You guys good with that? And so, another, I'm going to pray, I'm going to kind of end our, our, our time right now, and this is a perfect time to remind you why we have about three or four worship songs after the sermon. This is not just a bookend. It's not just like, it's good to play a song after the sermon because it's nice to end the service and you can leave. It's not that. We purposely actually have more musical worship at the end than the beginning so that it can be a time of response. My my hope and prayer is that the Holy Spirit spoke to us in in a way where it, it just prompted us, whether that be to repent, to change things, maybe encouraged us. Like, right, I'm hoping and praying that there's something that God spoke to us that we want to respond to him with. And it could be like, man, my life is so busy, I haven't even just stopped and thought about God in a long time. This is the perfect 10 or 15 minutes to do that. Stop. The text can wait. The email can wait. The lunch meeting you can be late to. The errands will get done. Or they won't, and it's going to be fine. Right? Like, this is the time. This is the time the Lord has given us. And for you, it might be like, I don't want to be distracted by anyone, so I need to come to the carpets up here, which these are here for you and for me. Kneel down. Look at the blackness. Close your eyes. Worship the Lord free of distractions. Maybe that's standing in the back for you. Maybe that's sitting in the seat. Maybe it's raising your hands like we want you to have freedom to worship. Also, we want to encourage you, a very purposeful symbolic reminder of what Jesus did is communion. We have communion every Sunday and we purposely have it up here because we want to, Jesus said so, as often as you do it, do it in remembrance of me, what I did for you upon the cross. As often as you do it, there's never like too much. (laughs) Because it's remembering his body that was broken and his blood that was spilt upon the cross for us, for you and I, so that we did not have to do it. He did it for us. I encourage all of you at any time to come up and take a COVID-safe cup of bread and a cup of juice and go wherever you need and and to remember and recall the cross. And also we have the prayer team over here. They're going to be standing up here, and they would just love to pray for you. Anything going on in your life, we want To take those requests to God on your behalf. Or maybe it's something like, oh man, the word of God. Or, you know, I feel like the Lord is leading me this. I just really need more discipline these next 40 days to like set that time aside. Let's pray for you. Love to pray for you. But again, let's make the most of this time of response during these next couple worship songs. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time. So just stop and pause and remember who you are. God, I pray that you continue, like just these last few songs, that you would free us from the cares of the world, free us from what we're stressed out about and worried about. God, I pray that, Holy Spirit, that we would commune and respond and speak with and you would speak to us during these next few songs of worship. God, we're here because we want to meet with you and hear from you, and we need you. We're desperately in need of our Savior daily. Life is way, way too hard to do without you. So, God, we want to receive. We want to give back. We want to to allow you to have your way in our hearts and minds right now. And so, God, during this time of worship, we pray, Lord, that we would fully engage with you. Free our mind from distractions. Allow us to just be still and know that you are God. God, we we pray that all the time. We say that. But we really do desire to meet with Jesus. Help us to do that right now. We give you this time. Have your way, Jesus. Pray in your name.